Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Man, they they sure know how to lie about data. They sure know how to not give you the right news about data. And then they know how to threaten. They know how to push. They know how to cajole. This is Governor Andrew Cuomo, the murderer of New York. Private businesses, I am asking them and suggesting to them go to vaccine-only admission. Go to vaccine-only admission. You got Kroger that's doing that now or, or saying that, you know, actually they're saying that people should wear a mask. You don't have to be vaccinated to go in, but they want everybody wearing a mask whether you're vaccinated or not. Vaccine, no vaccine, <laughs> wear the mask. But the mask doesn't do any good. So I've got places as big and as powerful as the Kroger supermarket chain saying wear a mask when there is no science to it. And then I've got the governor of New York saying don't let people in who aren't vaccinated. We live in the upside down, in a place of absolute and pure danger, where hate reigns supreme, where terrible people who hate science think they control us. And if you're telling restaurants not to let people in who aren't vaccinated, that's a control conversation. It isn't a safety conversation. No, 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 no. The people who decided not to get a vaccine decided not to get a vaccine. They're the ones who are in harm's way, if you want to argue it that way. So what should the restaurant be liable for, aside from nothing? To not let the people in doesn't change the potential health of the people who are vaccinated. Let's do this again. The vaccine will help in preventing you from dying. The numbers do show that. We're clear about this. We're factual about this. So the only people, the only people who are affected are the people who are not vaccinated, of which they have made a decision and they're okay with it and they still want to go to your restaurant. No one in your restaurant is affected who's vaccinated. What are you doing? What is it that Governor Cuomo is doing here? Well, what they're doing is saying, hey, we don't need a law. We can just do push. We can just make your life difficult. And over what? Over a complete and total lack of scientific integrity. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. That, that, is, that is where you, you, you find us. Feel free to call in. I want to know where you are. Getting the vaccine, not getting the vaccine, bothered by other people not getting the vaccine? If so, why? But have you ever gone through the data? Have you seen what it is that the CDC is trying to sell you on and the lie being told? Allow me to share this with you. Here's the data. 165 million vaccinated adults in the United States. 
That's how we discuss it here. 165 million. The CDC has data, and I, I give it to the New York Post with a fantastic piece on their front page. They saw it as 161 million vaccinated. So the numbers have changed over the couple days. We want more people get vaccinated. So let's go forward with the 164 million people fully vaccinated in the United States. Of that number, 99.923% are not infected with COVID. So all of this talk of breakthrough infections, all of this talk of breakthrough infections, and... 99.923% haven't broken through, which means 0.077 have broken through. 0.077. For those of you playing the home game, that's less than a percent. Of that, 0.004% has been hospitalized and 0.001% has died. That's the CDC number. They rounded up. Let me go to the New York Times number and do it in actual numbers. They base this on 161 million vaccinated residents, neither here nor there. 5,600 had a breakthrough case. 5,600 out of 161 million, and of that, 1,141 died. That's 0.0007%. And because of that... The governor of New York is suggesting to restaurants that people who are unvaccinated not be allowed in. And the people at Kroger want you to wear a mask. And I don't want to single out Kroger. They're lovely people. Locally, they've been, they've been great. But we have Purdue University is telling you uh, to wear masks. A whole series of places. Oh, you have to wear the mask. The mask doesn't do anything. The mask doesn't stop COVID. It doesn't stop the Delta variant, which is out of India. It doesn't do anything. It's mythology. It's a lie. Well, what about the CDC director telling Brett Baer at Fox News that they're looking into a potential COVID-19 vaccine mandate? Ah, They're walking that back like as fast as they can. This took place on Friday and set the world in fuego. When uh, Dr. Walensky was asked about, you know, whether she supported a federal vaccine mandate, and she said uh, that they were looking into it. And then you've got people like uh, the president of the United States. His name is Joe Biden. You, you've seen pictures? Uh, Joe Biden. He's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's possible. Or should Americans expect more guidelines coming up, more restrictions because of COVID? Probability. So it's in all probability that you should be expecting more viol- uh, more guidelines and restrictions regarding COVID. And then you had the CDC director saying, we're looking at a federal vaccine mandate. Now, she came out, they came out later and tried to uh, better clarify uh, uh, this and talked about people within government and not necessarily the American people uh, at large. Doesn't make things better doesn't make things better at all. How does how are we in this place? Why is the CDC even talking about masks? Well, the first part of it is we know that they used a study based out of India that is faulty. They showed a study based out of India 
that said even with the vaccine, they saw more of a viral load in the nasal pharynx, meaning they saw people carry more of the Delta variant that could make people sick or could be spread. But as we noted, that study discussed a vaccine, vaccine penetration, a vaccine that is not available for use in the United States. So therefore, it has no bearing to what it is we do in the U.S. But then they said, we took a look at Barnstable County. That's in Massachusetts. It includes a place called Provincetown near Cape Cod. And what we saw were 469 COVID cases because of large gatherings outdoors, multiple summer events and large public gatherings between July 3rd and July 17th. You took a look at a two-week period. You saw 469 COVID cases and you have 3,000 year-round residents. And you said, that's why we need a mask mandate. That's why we recommend wearing masks again. That's why we're going to scare people. Huh. When you're a scientist, when you're a doctor, you are taking a look at a multiplicity of things when you're involved in research. Just like your doctor might ask you some questions about your health. Uh, Have you been around any sick people? Have you been coughing lately? Have you been out of the country? Your doctor asks those things. Your doctor is asking that because being out of the country could involve your surroundings or, said differently, environmental factors, social factors. Your doctor may even ask you if you're not feeling well or if you've got certain symptoms, have you been engaged in an in a, in a, in a active sex life? All of these things are rational questions when you're doing research, when you're trying to get an understanding. That leaves out the CDC because they're irrational actors. There's a guy by the name of Peter Staley. I've never heard of Peter Staley before. He's a gay rights activist. Okay, they're out there. Fine, you be you. And he noted a problem with the CDC. You take a look at uh, the r not figures. So that is r not. So you see it as a capital R and then a lowercase o. And it's, it's r not, And what that is, is it's the idea of how transmissible uh, something is, an infectious disease, let's say, is. So they took a look at, um, at COVID, SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 as we know it, and it was two to three. The, the r not was two to three, meaning that for every person who was infected, it could be spread to two to three people. And they say, okay, that's infectious. But they take a look at Delta, in terms of uh, the CDC, and they're saying, ah, that's, uh, that's five to nine, meaning it's as transmissible as chicken pox. So they're like, hmm, that's, uh, that's pretty uh, in- infectious. Now remember, they'll always talk about infectious, and they'll always talk about contagious, but it doesn't mean deaths. That's not what we're seeing. No one can say that's what we're seeing. I'm not trying to hide from science. I am embracing it fully. Why is it that I somehow seem to know more about science than these other people who are supposed to be the scientists? How is that? Doogie Cats, MD.
So yes, infectious, but not deadly. But the problem is, if we're basing this on the study out of Provincetown, Massachusetts, something unique happened in those two weeks. One of the things that happened is the 4th of July, Independence Day, and the Independence Day weekend. The other, which means people could be outdoors and a lot of people could be together. The other, noted by Peter Staley, this gay rights activist, if the CDC has increased their delta or not because of the Provincetown cohort, they are overstating it for the general population. The cohort was 85% male. Huh, you would think that they would have a more representative split. Something in the closer to 50-50 range between male and female. 85% male. Washington Post and the New York Times, he notes, failed to mention this. And he follows up by saying, hello, it was bear week. And a lot of people are like, what in the world is bear week? Oh, Oh, people, this is going to be absolutely, positively awesome. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. Do you know what a bear is? We're not talking about bears. We're talking about bears. A way gay men describe themselves when they are big and burly. Bear Week means there were a lot of gay men in Provincetown during this time period involved in, um, as Peter Starkey would discuss, relationships. And it's very possible that could have led to an increased spread. The CDC didn't ask that question? They didn't know? They didn't note? They don't share that? They didn't say to themselves, well, that's not really a sample size that you could take to the rest of the United States. They said, oh, that'll do for our purpose and put it out there. The malpractice of this, of this moment is beyond belief. People flocking to a certain area of a certain type for a certain activity, and you don't think that's going to have an effect on your results? That's not science. Holy cow. So now the CDC is utilizing two data points that are both rubbish. This study about Provincetown and the bears... I love for the fact that for somebody, it's the first time they ever heard the expression and what it means. And then the the India study is also bunk. You don't need to wear a mask. A mask won't help. And you are further keeping people from getting vaccinated. You have to wear a mask? What's the point of getting vaccinated if I, if I have to wear a mask? Exactly. And as for people like Governor Cuomo with their uh, heavy-handedness, you, un- you understand, as well as I do, that Governor Cuomo is straight-up threatening 
the businesses of New York, right? I think your people should be vaccinated, but hey, it's your license, not mine. I'm still going to get paid, but hey, you want to have them in there without a vaccine? Who knows what could happen? I mean, one day you got a license, the next day I don't know what happened. I don't know. A computer had a glitch. It had a glitch, and there it was, and now it's gone. What do I know? What do I know? What do I know? Do you know what I know? Maybe my brother Chris knows. Chris, do you know? I'm smart. All right, thank you, Chris. Just sit there and look pretty. All right, that's the way it is. But, you know, maybe don't have the, the, the non-vaccinated people in your place, and uh, things will be all right. Maybe a catering gig will fall your way. All right, good, 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 good. All right, goodbye. See, it's, it's madness. I'm with you. And the people who are trying to tell people they're guilty for not getting a vaccine are just wrong. But we should be clear that the vaccines do help, and that science does show it as well. It's there. Can't be denied. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Even Susan Collins thinks Speaker Pelosi was wrong. I mean, she does this in perfect Susan Collins, Maine Republican style. Talking about how Republicans were taken off the January 6th committee. And I should you called it a, a partisan committee. I, I should note that you, there are two Republicans on the committee, Cheney and Kinsinger. Do you have faith in them? I respect both of them, but I do not think it was right for the speaker to decide which Republicans should be on the committee. Normally, if you have a select committee, uh, the minority leader and the speaker get to pick the members. Yeah, I mean, the, just a. The reason she did that is because at least two of the members McCarthy picked to be on the committee are election liars, one of whom, Jim Jordan, is possibly even a material witness. He spoke with Trump that day. That's, that, that's a journalist, Jake Tapper, who just called Jim Jordan and Jim Banks liars from Ohio and Indiana, respectively, members of Congress. That, that's what he did. Election liars. That's, that's the, the journalist, Jake Tapper. Oh, Okay. And less and less people will listen to him. Look, Susan Collins voted to impeach. I don't agree with Susan Collins. But there's a difference uh, in that and saying uh, you, you're not allowing people on a committee. She's, she's just wrong, which she is. But that doesn't stop Speaker Pelosi from moving forward. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. The grift makes cash. Bank. Ducats. Crazy, crazy amounts of dollars. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. Love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Sean King has been affectionately referred to as Talcum X. That's not affectionate. <laughs> It is one of the great nicknames of all time because Sean King likes to, uh, he's fighting for, for the rights of, of black Americans. He's white. Now, he doesn't admit that, but he's white. 
now. I if I'm wrong, okay. But I based based on the history, I don't think I am. Sean King is the kind of guy who gives out the wrong home address for people who he wants attacked. Sean King is a guy who has been able to uh, put himself front and center of uh, racial strife for profit. He was accused of profiting off the death of Tamir Rice. Uh, The story uh, going back uh, to uh, just a month ago, New York Post uh, in June, Tamir Rice's mom, this was the 12-year-old in Cleveland, who, by the way, when you look at that shooting, uh, that's one of those where I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened here. Nope, 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 I take that back. Uh, Yeah, police moved too quickly. They pulled up. And there was a kid, and they started firing the second they got out of the car. Now, Tamir Rice was 12 and had a toy gun, and I think in the waistband. I'm just saying, they knew it was a 12-year-old. As far as I know the story, not everything the police have done is perfect. It's okay to say so. Not all cops are guilty. That's something to know. Cops are not guilty for their existence. They're not all bastards. It's a disgusting thing when people say that. But Tamir Rice's mother, Samaria Rice, disgusted, saying that he, uh, Sean King, and others benefited off the death of, of her son because there he is talking about a conversation that he had with the mom, and she's like, why are you making this public to the world? What, you, what What's wrong with you? As the New York Post has reported, he just moved from a two-bedroom apartment in downtown Brooklyn to a five-bedroom, 3,000-square-foot home in North Brunswick, New Jersey. North Brunswick, uh, growing up in Jersey as I did, uh, today would be a a pretty uh, good place to be in terms of uh, an address, easy access to the New Jersey Turnpike, so easy access to New York but you're still in the suburbs, uh, and he's got a lakefront backyard. It was purchased for $842,000. He's an activist. He and his wife can afford an $842,000 home. By the way, you understand Jersey real estate when 3,000 square feet is $842,000. Just, just saying what is. And of course people are upset. And rightfully so. Because where else do you think he got the money? He got the money from pretending to care. Just like, what's her name? Oh, that's right, Patrice Cullors of Black Lives Matter. A grifter. Taking your money. Taking your money because you, you think you're doing good or taking your money because of guilt. It's a really important lesson to learn for all those CEOs out there who write checks to people like this and groups like this. You're writing a check because you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to be called a bigot. So you pay for your freedom. We see you. We know you're full of it. It's paying for your freedom. Well, this is who you're paying. Maybe if you didn't buy into the grift and someone called you a racist, you could say, hey, why don't you shut your holy damn mouth? What? Is that too hard for you to say? Okay. All right, well, now now you suffer. 
the grifters aren't only just the, the race hustlers. The grifters are the never-Trumpers. The bulwark is a grift. The Lincoln Project is a grift. Now, they can make a, a claim that they're putting out content. But remember, the Lincoln Project hid the identity of a guy who was abusing young men or trying to, engaging them uh, in, in uh, you know, oh, I'll give you help, just do this sexual favor. And this really goes to the heart of where conservatism is, that these guys like the Bill Crystals of the world still think that they're in charge. Remember the greatest thing that happened to them, or I should say the worst thing that happened to them, the most awful thing that happened to them. Trump ran for president, and they said, Trump's not a conservative. He's not good enough for us. Oh, we must inform on our people. Yes, yes, inform the people we must that Donald Trump will not be acceptable. We will simply write in our pages and on our blogs. We call them blogs, right? In our blogs, and we will go on the Sunday shows. I'll have to get a new tie for the Sunday shows. Something in a drab gray, maybe with a hint of red for color. <laughs> I'm so daring. Yes, we must tell the people that Donald Trump will never be acceptable as a, 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 a concern. Oh, no, no. And then we will go on our cruises. Yes, the people will spend thousands to go on cruises with us where we will tell them that Donald Trump is not a, 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 a conservative. Oh, certainly not. And then the people said, yeah, we're cool with him anyway. Thanks. And the Bill Crystals of the world choked on their own vomit. Oh, they lived through it. Don't get me wrong. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe they weren't listened to. We discussed this in a way that I think nobody else did. What a moment for many people to realize that they weren't as important as they thought. How humbling. When you had some radio hosts and some commentators and some columnists who all of a sudden realized, wait a second, we're not conservatives. Meaning, we don't decide for these people. The people will decide for themselves. Uh, a guy by the name of Stephen Miller, who does uh, work, great work on Twitter and does some work at Fox News, was tweeting about Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel's in Ohio. He's running for Senate. Um, and uh, he puts out some pretty hokey tweets. Bill Crystal decides to write, kind of amazing that this guy isn't running for middle school student Senate, but for the U.S. Senate. Putting a slam, a dig on Josh Mandel, conservative, running for Senate. But as Stephen Miller points out, it was William Crystal, meaning Bill Crystal, who helped recruit Josh Mandel to challenge Sherrod Brown. So here he is attacking Josh Mandel, but he's the guy who recruited Josh Mandel. So many of these guys from the bulwark from uh, from the Lincoln Project, they're the ones who claim to be the mantle of conservatism, and now look at them. The things that they did, they run away from as fast as they can. As Steve Miller points out very well, it's all about distracting MSNBC long enough so they don't turn and look at their own role in Donald Trump, meaning they're the reason a guy like Trump could exist to begin with. The grift. 
Were they really conservatives pushing conservative values? Or were they really, uh, conservatism's a nice way to make a living and you get invited to the right parties and you get to publish a book and these people lap it up. And, oh, look, I'm going to go on the Sunday show. Am I on with Stephanopoulos this week? Oh, no, it's Meet the Press. Meet the Press. Oh, Chucky. Chucky Todd, always good to see you. How's Mumsy? Is she doing well? Fantastic. No, no, Stephanopoulos this week. That will be next week. It turns out, oh, you know how busy I am. Have to fight the good fight. Uh, the Christmas party's still on. I haven't gotten my invite. Oh, it's in the mail. Well, then fine. Then fine. I look forward to attending. That's who they are. That's who they are. That's what Trump really blew up. And not perfectly. I mean, there's still work to be done. But that's the reality. Look, I have many a friend, many a lovely person who was part of that National Review uh, uh, issue. They signed letters and wrote about how Donald Trump wasn't acceptable. And I remember saying, what the hell are they doing? What are they doing? These are the leaders? What are you, nuts? These are people I know and like. And some of them said, oh, yeah, I made a mistake. All right, cool. We all make mistakes. Wait, we didn't know it at the beginning? I mean, like, it's true, we all make mistakes, and some people really con- you know, had this conscience, and like, this is how I feel. I wouldn't say about them like I would say about Crystal or, or uh, um, a Charlie Sykes and others who believe, or may- maybe even to an extent of Jonah Goldberg and, and, and others, they believe that they are conservatism. You, you don't, don't do that. And it's to the same people who said, oh, if you vote for Trump, conservative, conservatism is over. No, it's not. Ne- never true. Never true and never factual. Of course, conservatism remains. question is, are you following it? Are you utilizing it? Do you understand it? Do you share in it? Me, I'm trying to discuss the importance and the value of it all the time. Biden is president. All of a sudden, conservatism doesn't matter? Not at all. Trump didn't kill it. Biden didn't kill it. These ideas and these principles are still valuable. Also still valuable. Maybe we should spend more time recognizing winners. There has been so much talk about the Olympics. For example, talking about the U.S. women's national team, which just lost to Canada. one nothing. They'll now be in the bronze medal match. There's been so much talk about Simone Biles. Simone Biles, they're now calling it the twisties. I had never heard the expression, but I guess it exists. I would have called it the yips. It's when an athlete just has this this moment where like, okay, this isn't going the way it normally goes. And if you're flying through the air, you could be like, all right, I'm, I'm feeling a little lost in the air. That's a problem, especially if it's never happened to you before. You may need to get that under control. But again, that's not what happened with Simone Biles because Simone Biles said her mental health said she had to step away in the middle of a competition. I don't argue that she maybe had a moment. And if indeed she was getting lost in midair, you can't go on. Just say that. But you made it look like it was a whole thing about your mental health, and now we have, how dare anybody question you? To some people, it looked like you quit on your team. And I think there's an argument to the idea that she quit on her team. And I think there are many people who discuss the fact that you can't quit. You've got to finish the job. Then you can do what you want. But if she said, look, I got in the air and I lost where I was, I never lose where I am. I lost where I was, and I feel completely uncomfortable being in the air right now. I don't know what's going on, and I don't know how long this is going to take, but I'm going to take a step back because I'm going to get myself killed if I do this. 
You know what people would have said? Okay. That is an answer. But she didn't say that. And it became this whole woke thing. And while that was going on, we missed the fact that Jade Carey won a gold medal in the floor exercise. And there's another U.S. Olympian who won the silver medal in the vault. And there, there's, there's Suni Lee who, who took the overall gold. Oh, but we're going to f- focus on Simone Biles because she's going to come back and do the beam. Um, no. I mean, I wish her all the best. But is anyone going to notice that this women's gymnastics team is absolutely amazing? I mean, they're not good. They're great. And it was Simone Biles from beginning to end, and I'm not going to deny that she's great. She's great and has done things that nobody else has done. I'm going to say, is anybody else going to notice this team? Because this team is incredible. They're incredible. And they deserve recognition. This girl takes gold in the floor exercise? Jade Carey. I wonder if she's going to get any uh, spot on uh, on whatchamacallit, on, on the Today Show. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if she's going to ever get that notice and that respect. Silver medalist in, in, in the vault? You'd think that'd be something we'd uh, appreciate. I do. Only gold medal matters? Ridiculous. Michaela Skinner is her name. You never heard of Michaela Skinner? She's 24. This is her last Olympics. She actually said the words, I was supposed to be flying home, but here I am and just feeling super grateful. If you're getting a silver medal at the Olympics, you're pretty good at what you do. And no one's going to talk about these girls. And how they got overshadowed by Simone Biles and overshadowed by Simone Biles and overshadowed by Simone Biles. And she stopped. And all they did was win the silver medal as a team. And they've gone on to win gold and silver as individuals. Very impressive. Very impressive. And they... Have my respect. I'm Tony Katz. According to Bill Malugan, who is with uh, a Fox affiliate in Los Angeles, they're watching Border Patrol drop off busloads of migrants at a charity in downtown McAllen, that's Texas. They're fed, they're sheltered, and then they're put on buses and flights across the country. According to Bill, buses arrive every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes, there's a new bus or multiple buses of people who've crossed the border who are then taken in and allowed to travel the country. And no conversation and no question of whether or not they report to some ICE office or report into a courtroom. As was reported by uh, Molly Hemingway over at The Federalist last week, 
up to 90% are not reporting in. They're not reporting in. If we were actually concerned about, cared about COVID, we would not allow any of these things to happen. We would stop anyone like this from getting into the country. It would be stopped, but it's not. We continue down this road, this radicalness, this danger. And we should all be aware that it's still happening. Media doesn't want to cover it. Oh, no, 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 no. The border continues to be a mess. And here we are talking about what? I mean, we're talking about it, but what are they talking about? Trump, 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 Trump. This is Tony Katz today.